this episode, The Endangered Species. Hey, did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do? Check out our print-on-demand store. We have a tab here on YouTube. When you click on it, you can choose from a bunch of different items. We have shirts and posters and coffee mugs. Click on the one you like. When you find the design you want to put on it, choose a color and a size if it's appropriate. And when you purchase these items, a portion goes to help fund our future projects. We really do appreciate your support. You get some cool stuff. When you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. everybody to our daily gun show come to live every weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for about an hour or sometimes longer than so each night we go live at midnight so we have the time frame uh, time slot to ourselves nobody's uh up at this hour typically broadcasting so we can uh have the time uh, time or the room to expand so if you're interested in that uh, support the show. Consider uh, being part of the people that keep us online. And uh, we'll spend each evening in a long format discussion about guns and the gun community. So at the moment, we can't spend all night, so we spend some time each evening. And since we go live every single night, our goal is to share our firearms community. And I find the best way to do that is to not try to do that alone. So the best way to share the community is to support the community and encourage new growth in the community. So that's what we do on Mondays as we uh, attempt to motivate, offer some insight and some inspiration and some uh, motive, well, some awareness on how to do the things that are uh, required to create content. On Tuesdays, today's Tuesday, we're going to take a look at just 2A topics. We do that with uh, you know, plain old 2A. We look at, we look, look at different states, we look at different organizations and different activists that are out there on Wednesdays we have a little fun and uh, look at pop culture guns in our language and in our movies and on our language in our uh, words and uh, we do the tactical quiz Thursdays we take a look at the travel that we've done over the years and the training that we're interested in and that we've accomplished over the years and look forward towards places we haven't been and training that we haven't experienced 
Uh, and then on Fridays, we take a look back at what other people have been doing throughout the week while we've been focusing on these other things and attempt to share their content as, as wide as we can each Friday. And at the same time, talking about how we do that and why we do that. All right, so uh, we go live. So uh, that means that we, uh, because we do that because we value the interactive nature of the internet and typically when people are awake during the middle of the night and part of the show will share the screen and put their comments up there that's not happening tonight so it's just uh the broadcast to the future which is you know basically like recording a video only we just happen to be doing it in a live stream so there's no editing or double takes or any of the other stuff that other people tend to uh be more comfortable hiding behind all right, so on Tuesdays, we take a look at the Second Amendment, and each week we look at a different state. This week, the state that had been picked, that had been determined by the people watching, which I guess that's going to be difficult since nobody's here this week. I'm not sure how we're going to pick next week's show. I'm going to have to do something out of the ordinary to get a uh, state for next week. But uh, this week, oh, I thought it was a half a page. It turns out it's a... Uh, quite a bit to talk about so we're going to be talking about this the northern of the two carolinas here we go so uh what we've got here is a project that we've been working on since uh, 2020 uh the 50 states of 2a one of the projects that we do out there in the world is the minuteman university project that's a website with a bunch of different resources and eventually it'll be skills for Second Amendment activists. Those resources, however, are many. One of the ways to get that information into more usable formats or form factors would be to uh, print it. So we printed it into this uh, six by, no, wait, this is eight. This is about six by eight and a half. Uh, so basically fold a piece of paper in half and uh, kind of a small booklet, it can fit into a cargo pocket, easily fit along with a laptop or with some other uh, office supplies, handy to take with you is the idea, handy to keep on a shelf and have it uh, arm's reach. The idea is to have information that's uh, useful for a Second Amendment activist or someone just having a conversation and wants to have some facts and kind of trivia at their hands, but focused on states, so you know, kind of focused on the states uh, that they are involved in or revolve around or placed at or whatever. So uh, what we've got is a 50-page booklet, uh, one page per state. Some of the states take up a whole page, like North Carolina will do today. Some of the states uh, only take up a half a page, so we've got other information to fill the rest of the book here. So each Tuesday, we take a look at one of the states, and we do that by taking a look at one of the pages and today we're taking a look at North Carolina, so we'll get started. Now, if anybody does show up live, feel free to suggest Second Amendment activist, and we'll talk about them, our Second Amendment organization, well, and a Second Amendment organization, and we'll take a look at that. If not, we'll just default to something, and we'll focus on 2A today. So digging in, North Carolina was the 12th state admitted into the Union. That's what its flag looks like, kind of, a version of its state's outline as well. Uh, it was admitted in November of 1789, so it's been around for a little while. Most of the states have, I think all the states have a constitution at the state level. Most of those states, all but nine, have a state version of uh, Second Amendment, and North Carolina is one of those states. 
their Article 1, I can't get this thing to focus, their Article 1, Section 30, uh, no typo there, I think, Article 1, Section 30 says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, and as standing armies in the time of peace are dangerous to liberty, they shall not be maintained, and the military should be kept under strict subordination to and governed by the civil power. Nothing herein shall justify the practice of carrying concealed weapons or prevent the General Assembly from enacting penal statutes against that practice. <laughs> so North Carolina doesn't have all that great of a, a Second Amendment, although it's really an Article 1, Section 30th Amendment. It's not really an amendment, I guess. So what are you going to get? You know, they, they have some things in there, but they definitely have some weirdness about carrying so some of the first things that are in the pages in the format that I used here are to kind of compare the states with each other. So we got open carry with a permit in North Carolina. Concealed carry started in 1995 and it shall issue, which technically all of them are. But when this book was written, not every state was yet shall issue. So I need to make that differentiation. Uh, I need to sneeze. So hold on. Uh, can't make myself sneeze. So hold on. Okay, so uh, 1995, they started their concealed carry with a permit, 605 permits. So you might ask yourself, you might ask yourself, how many permits is a lot of permits? Is that a lot of permits or is that not a lot of permits? Well, to answer that question and to offer some more information in this project, uh, one of the pages here, which I don't know which one it is, so I'm just thumbing through here has uh, a list of all the different states and the number of concealed carry permits that states have. And it's pretty handy, pretty interesting to compare uh, a state like North Carolina, which um, has 800,000 permits. Where is that on the list? Well, that is over here on the, over here on the list. Sorry, I'm not really paying attention to the screen. It's over here on the list, North Carolina. So it goes from zero in Hawaii or yeah, zero in Hawaii when this was written in 2020, which would have been probably old, you know, 2017 data, essentially. Uh, we had very few in the states on this end of the list. It goes down and then to here with Vermont not, not needing any kind of carry permit, uh, but then Florida, Pennsylvania, and Texas having the most permits. The most permits are 1,800,000. North Carolina has 600,000. So, you know, there's states with more than a million more than them, but still, uh, they're not too shabby. They're in the top chunk of the states with, with, uh, with permits. So that's North Carolina. And considering that they got a part of their, their Second Amendment that even says, um, Nothing shall nothing shall, shall justify the practice of carrying concealed weapons or prevent the General Assembly from enacting penal statutes against the practice. So they're able to, even though their 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 uh, constitution says that they shouldn't be able to. Interesting. Now I got to blow my nose. So we're going to wait for.
Uh, let's see. So the next thing we got is constitutional carry. And I'll just double check, but I don't believe that uh, North Carolina has gotten the uh, constitutional carry yet. I'm going to go check on the Minuteman University website where I keep all this stuff a little bit more current than the saw book that was written two years ago. And unfortunately, nothing on the East Coast is constitutional carry as of yet, unless you count Maine or, you know, Vermont, or wait, New, New Hampshire. That's number 11, so I guess I'll shut up. We do have a couple of things on the uh, East Coast with constitutional carry. Northeast Coast, how about that? All right, so then uh, suppressors for hunting? No, not in North Carolina. State firearm? No, they don't have one. Second Amendment sanctuary status. Well, here's how we can give some thumbs up to North Carolina. So they have 100 counties. We all know that, right? Everybody knows that North Carolina has 100 counties. But did you know that 73 of those counties have some kind of a Second Amendment sanctuary status? And one city and two towns, which I'm guessing aren't in those counties. So that's kind of good news. Well done, North Carolina. Um... Now I got some kind of weird bug flying around my face, which is super distracting. We've got a couple of uh, gunsmith schools in North Carolina. Montgomery College, which has a gunsmithing degree, diploma, or certificate. They've been around since 1983 at the Montgomery Technical Institute. From my understanding, most of the gunsmith colleges come from technical universities that decided, because they already were teaching machinists and mechanical people, uh, to be you know, to, to go into the different fields, that it was easy enough to specialize in gunsmithing since most of the machine knowledge and everything was applicable. So it wasn't difficult for a place to have, you know, lots of different specialties at a school, you know, fixing watches, doing different things that, you know, I can imagine you use the same tools for, but then specialize in gunsmithing. Not every school did, not every school had the inclination or the ability or the students to be able to fill classes. Got two of them in, in uh, North Carolina, Montgomery College, and then the other one is Piedmont Community College. So two of them are community colleges, but from what I understand, both have extraordinary uh, reputations for gunsmithing schools. So Piedmont started in 1985 at the Pearson campus and expanded into a five-semester gunsmithing program at Roxboro. So I don't know if I got that right, because I try to research stuff off the line, and sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about, but... Uh, that's pretty cool. Two different uh, community colleges in North Carolina that have uh, created uh, degrees or specialization in gunsmithing. Then you have a couple of organizations that are in North Carolina, including the SOPA, SIOPA, Southeastern Outdoor Press Association. So back in the days when writing and magazines and newspapers was all the rage, uh, people would try to impress the media and use, you know, kind of leverage media as a way to advertise, write about my experience using my products, and I'll make it possible for you to do the experience for free, or I'll pay you to do the experience. Well, that's happened since there was magazines and there was stuff, and they started to mix them together. And uh, the Southeastern Outdoor Press Association you would, you know, southeastern might make you think there's a northeastern, maybe a western or a central or something. So this was one of the many regional outdoor press associations when writers didn't have an internet and they needed things like uh, shared resources and 
connections, ways to collaborate and networks to collaborate within. What do we have now on the internet? All that potential and more, except we don't have to live near each other and we hardly have to agree on certain things. We can still be incredibly useful working together. And this is a group that's been doing that since 1964. They're still in existence. I think Clover's an a member of that organization. We got Grassroots North Carolina. They've got a bulldog holding a newspaper or something. Uh, started in 1994. One of the toughest logos to get off the internet. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. 10,000, well, most of the people that listen to this are never going to know what I'm talking about. Uh, then you got Project Appleseed. Surprisingly, it didn't start till 2006. I think a lot of people might think that Project Appleseed's been around since before the internet. Nope. And then you have um, some people. We'll talk about people next. Let's start with the first uh, Mark Robinson, who was uh, at some point running for lieutenant governor, probably when I was printing this. But back in 2018, uh, I forgot the circumstances, what initiated it. But at some point, uh, Mark got up as just a regular person, a constituent. And his quote was, they were saying something like, blah, 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 about the majority. And he said something like, I am the majority. And then he had a pretty nice, concise uh, speech, like presentation, testimony or whatever it was. And that went viral. This is in 2018. The internet had already got its chops. We understood what everything was. You know, we had our players. This was only a couple of years ago, but uh, it's four years ago. So there's people that have only purchased guns a while ago. You might not know about Mark uh, Robinson from North Carolina. Maybe you do because he's been running for office. Maybe I'm just telling you about old news. How about Dr. Richard Gatling? Is that old news? Huh? How about a, take a meat grinder, literally. You ever seen a meat grinder? Think about it. You ever seen a meat grinder? And look at a Gatling gun. You know why they call it a meat grinder? Think about what a meat grinder looks like. Really, for real. Think about what a meat grinder looks like and look at a Gatling gun. Is he a brilliant or did he figure out to put tubes on a meat grinder? You know what I'm saying? And then it's just a different meat grinder. It's like a meat grinder, but the meat's standing way over there. So Gatling gun, you know, it's neat and everything, but, you know, Colt made them and then What's-his-face Dylan started to put electric motors on him, you know. Uh, but Gantling, doctor, started to, he invented that in order to create a thing that would prevent all wars. Did it prevent all wars? You know what I'm saying? So best laid plans. Uh, don't say, this is somebody who people would go, oh, yeah, well, if we got a good enough gun, then bad guys aren't going to bother us. You know what I'm saying? There's no perfect nothing. It's all work. It's all effort. But this is one of the neater things in the line. If you ever get a chance to yank on a Gatling gun, do it. I consider myself spoiled that I hate Gatling guns at this point, mainly because I had to deal with a Gatling gun for 12 of the 17 years that the shop was in existence. Like Bob bought this Gatling gun that had been in a few movies and stuff. It's still around. You can count, you can count the number of barrels on it and the number of spokes. That's one of the ways to tell the Gatling guns from each other. From each other. It's kind of like the fingerprint of Gatling guns. You can look at their carriages and stuff. So every once in a while, I can see Bob's Gatling gun out there. Uh, plus, I know kind of what, what state he sold it to. So I have a good idea where it is. But uh, yeah, Gatling guns suck. They're super, super, super heavy. They're very simple. They're literally like an old-fashioned sewing machine. You ever seen an old-fashioned sewing machine? The big black ones where you had to hand crank the foot crank the pedals or whatever. Uh, think of one of those, except it's a gun. Or an old coffee grinder. Some people may have seen an old coffee grinder. It's just an old piece of machinery. So uh, 
anyway, interesting things. Gatling was from North Carolina. That's why we're talking about him. Another inventor for North Carolina, uh, Carbine Williams. So Carbine Williams, some people hate this guy. Some people don't hate this guy. Some people know who he is. Some people don't know who he is. Uh, so the Carbine, the M1 Carbine, was the 30, 30 caliber clip, was the uh, 30 caliber Carbine short rifle version of a rifle, a sidearm to carry in World War II. Uh, I think pretty much everyone knew that although the 1911 had already been around for quite a number of decades at that point and was still effective, it still worked, it was not effective enough. It did not work enough to be useful as a sidearm for supply and people that were doing stuff that didn't need to really fight the war, but may be called upon to fight a skirmish or a battle, right? So a carbine was a great option. It's very small. The idea is to have a nice, small, uh, easy to deal with. Uh, I would have probably gone with some sort of a different mag than the goofy sticking out mag, which turned out to be its weak link. 2020 hindsight, I guess. But, you know, the thing sticking out of it was the weak link. What do you, what do you know? Otherwise, it was a neat little tubular gun that you could carry, like a shotgun or something, only it gave you a bunch of rounds of 30 carbine, which is effectively a long 38. It's for people that don't know. It's just a long 38. And I don't know ballistically where it's at, but, you know, it's, it's probably about the equivalent of shooting somebody with a 45 ish just that you got two hands on it, and it's a lot easier to shoot at distance and whatever. So anyway, the guy that invented the gun uh, was in jail when he invented it, and they made a movie about him, and they put what's-his-face in it, and then there's a whole bunch of people that hate to talk about that. They get all mad if I say that because they'll say that that never happened or this and that. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie yet. Uh, that's the story that's been around forever. And now a bunch of internet people are going to tell you that that's not the story. I'm pretty sure. All right. So uh, we also have John down here. We'll talk about him in a minute, I guess. So then we had this book was printed in 2020. And I anticipate printing one of these every year as more information is acquired and things are more understood and things time goes on. Right. So at the time in 2020, there was a rally that would have happened or no, did happen in February of uh 2020 in North Carolina, the stick to your guns rally. So I'm not sure if they've done that since. I just don't remember off the top of my head, but that's one of the things that I would um, incorporate as this project goes forward is, is keep the rallies up to date and got the hiccups now, but probably have some sort of ideally some kind of archive to let people know which states are doing rallies which states have done rallies historically or annually and how long they've been doing that streak. You know, Arizona puts an incredible amount of work into their rally. They've been doing it for a long time, but not as long as Virginia, who puts an incredible amount of work into their rally effortlessly because they delegate responsibility and people understand that they're all participating in the rally and they don't just show up like a bunch of observers or, uh, or what do you call them? Um, you know, people that are going to, uh, we call people that just sit in the seats at sports. Um, they're not called observers. There's a word for what you call people that sit in stands. Spectators? They don't. When you create a rally where people show up to do something and have tasks, then they don't show up to be spectators and expect to be entertained. And uh, anyway, so uh, in the future ones, we'll have uh, rally, uh, updated rally data and archived historic rally data that's what makes a state 2a or not is how often they have rallies 
Think of Illinois, and then they just quit. Uh, think of uh, states that don't have rallies, but how often they have rallies, how effective their rallies are, how large their rallies are, and if it's a consistent organization that's offering the rallies. Because there's some of them where it's one organization, like the Virginia Citizens Defense League or the Arizona Citizens Defense League that's often involved in the rallies here in Arizona, but they don't put them on. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so there we go. Spectators, thank you. Fans is, yeah, but the fact spectators is what I was looking for. Thank you. All right, so next up, let's talk about Bushmaster. Often misunderstood, often hated, often disregarded, often thrown under the bus, Bushmaster. Everybody loves to hate them. Everybody would take one in a second if somebody gave it to them. So Bushmaster started in 1973 in North Carolina. Did you know that? It was called Gwyn Firearms. And like a lot of things, it didn't look anything like what you expect. It looked like this goofy little shotgun, if I remember. Then eventually in 19... Uh, 70s it moved up to Maine so we don't know when but in 73 it started in North Carolina uh, and then at some point it moved to Maine so then they moved to New York in 2011 and then later to Alabama in 2014 so Bushmaster uh, started out as a little company turned into an AR company kind of struggled kind of eventually got wailed on and then became the scapegoat and then got thrown under the bus and then got neglected and got abused and then got mocked. And now they're just a, a weird commodity that gets whipped around. It's sad, really. And it's something that if we had a better command of our community, a better understanding and ability to act with intent, uh, we would never allow Bushmaster to get into a situation where the other side's using it as a pawn against us. But I don't want to get too far into it because people get scared if you start talking about too much real shit in the middle of a chat. So then we'll get into classic firearms. They started in 1989. I uh, should probably know more about them, but I put them in here. I don't know much about them. Microtech MSR started in 1994. A lot of people like their lamps or whatever. Did you know they made guns? Back in 2009 at the NRA show when Ted Nugent almost killed me. Yeah, that happened. Uh, at the 2009 NRA show, um, we seen MSR Microtech out the front with uh, their own little little uh, semi-auto pistol. Uh, I, I thought I had a picture of it somewhere. I can't think of where the picture is, but uh, yeah, they're uh, neat little pistols. They had oh, that scared me. They had a uh, either a clear or a slot in the grip, which I'm always a fan of. A lot of people can't handle knowing how many rounds are in their pistol. But if you're going to be able to put a slot inside your pistol, why not know how many rounds are in your pistol? It's critical information. Uh, ordinance, I.O. If I'm in here talking to the wall, then you need to not make any noises. People know that don't, they know that you don't have any respect when you make those kind of noises. Um, I.O. was founded in Monroe, North Carolina. In 2013, they moved to Florida. What's up with that? Does anybody know the scoop? Then we've got uh, Para USA. Now, yeah, you might say to yourself, Para, that's a Canadian company. Yeah, it was. It was founded in 1985 in Canada. We all know that. But in 2009, did you know that Para moved to North Carolina? A lot of people don't know that. And I forget what it was. It was called like Para, and then it was called Para USA. No, first it was Para Ordnance, and then it was called Para USA, and then they moved to Alabama. And called themselves Para, I think. And then I think somebody bought them. I don't really know. 
Trailblazer? What? Trailblazer Firearms. I have to reply to their text. They texted me in 2010. Or no, I texted them, I think. Something happened in 2010, and then they texted me the other day. So 2010, no, it couldn't have been 2010. Let's see when they texted me. I guess there was no Instagram in 2010, technically. Uh, Trailblazer, active today. Uh, 2020. And then they texted me back today. So two years later, uh, I'm texting with Trailblazer. So hopefully I'll chat with them a little bit. We'll know more about Trailblazer. But I'd be interested to hear about the little credit card looking gun that folds open. If anybody's seen one, perhaps you've seen a little credit card gun that folds open. Maybe you've seen one. Maybe. Uh, and then you got Ruger. What? I thought Ruger was in Arizona or in a Connecticut company. Yeah, well, guess what? Ruger in 2014 opened up a rimfire factory. Come on. What's up with this? A little tiny grasshopper bug landed on my hair. That's annoying. 2014 opened up a rimfire factory in Mayo Dan. That seems like a weird way. Maybe it's a misspelling. I don't know how to spell that. Anyway, I didn't know that either until I reread it here. But uh, evidently, Ruger's got a place in North Carolina. That's a lot of stuff in North Carolina. If you would have asked me, I would have said, nah, nothing goes on in North Carolina. It's a little stubby looking state. A lot of times you'd think, is it a panhandle? I don't know. Is there two panhandles sticking out of it? It's hard to say. It's in a lot of ways it's copying Tennessee in the way that it's shaped, but it's a north. So there's no North Tennessee. You know what I mean? They don't call themselves uh, Kentucky doesn't call themselves North Tennessee, and it's not like South Kentucky. So in a way, they're mimicking the shape of of Tennessee, I feel like, but in the other way, they're they're copying the name of North Dakota. So whatever, North Carolina. I don't know if we know too many people in North Dakota. If anybody from North Dakota is out there, feel free to say, hey, I guess we know of the people from Trailblazer. And I believe Sarge C4 is in North Carolina. Uh, I happen to know where some servers are in North Carolina, but I guess I'm not supposed to talk about that. Otherwise, I think that's it with North Carolina. Oh, no, you know what I forgot? No lawyers, only gun, money. Wait, no lawyers, only guns and money blog. So DJ will know if he's out there. He's probably not. Oh, no, he's out there. DJ will know who that song is because there's somebody who made a song with similar name. And then John Richardson made a blog with that name. And then he made this little logo. And then he goes around blog and he hangs out with Paul and... The other guys from the Play Society Project. Oh, Obnoxious is also in North Carolina. I thought he was in South Carolina. So there you go. Half, a, a good 50% of the hens from the uh, hens brigade, are, or the chicken brigade, are from uh, the north of the Carolinas. All right. Well, that's the 50 states. Did we get any suggestions? We did have some people showing up here. Uh, let's see if there's any suggestions for our organization of the day and our second amendment activist of the day we're going to stop the cam and jump over to say hey to woods for being the first one to show up good evening uh dj's out there dropping a link to our patreon thank you for that the patreons are the people that make it possible for us to do this uh this isn't going to last forever uh i didn't really uh get things done this year like i was hoping so uh you know this will probably end like a lot of things uh not imminently but, but the Patreons make it possible for this thing to even exist and to even contemplate putting some time into stuff like this. 
uh, especially without a focus on worrying about grip angles or, you know, a big hype to figure out the next optic or little plate you should buy in order to buy an optic next or a flashlight or a holster or any other stuff that's necessary and neat to pay attention to, but not necessarily vital for the long-term efforts. So uh, I do appreciate the Patreons who've made it possible for us to do everything we've done over the years and uh, put the amount of time we've put into things up in, up to and including tonight. Uh, so thanks to DJ for dropping a link out to those Patreons. It gave me a chance to thank those Patreons again. There is a scroll going across the bottom of the screen there. Can't thank them enough because literally uh, I don't go out and beg anybody for money like Trailblazer or nobody like that. I'm not saying like, hey, let's uh, figure out a way to get some stuff or like, uh, I don't know, Smith & Wesson. You know, they got a big company. I'm not like, hey, man, I got so many views that you could I could sell you a thing or act like a billboard. I'd rather not. There's plenty of people that do that and do it effectively. What I'd like to do is focus on strategy and uh, tactics. Ideally, get past the knowledge so that we can get into the strategy. But first, we got to get everybody up to date, and that takes some kind of encyclopedia of two-way. Nobody's built that yet, so we'll finish building that. And whoever's left over at the end of that effort will be you know, the first in line to start talking strategy. We've had some people that want to come up and talk strategy, but since they're talking out their ass, it's hard to talk strategy with somebody who doesn't know the big picture. So end up with, uh, you know, very little effort being done in that direction. Well, at least over years, right? People definitely put effort into it, but then it doesn't go anywhere because they have no reach. You know, they're not able to, they might have passion, but if they don't know what they're talking about, then it doesn't go very far. And the people with passion who can't go very far burn themselves out too. So got a bunch of potentials there. So nobody did mention an organization nor an, uh, an individual. So we don't need to keep going. I do have a couple other projects to work on. Again, thanks everybody for showing up for the live. Oh, did I finish saying hi to everybody? We got Woods out there, DJs out there. Thanks for throwing links. We got Wield and Arm, Well Armed out there. Good evening. I'm not really up this late usually. Um, let's see. So I got Woods and then Gizzard was the last. So that's four people jumping in. Good evening, everybody. Uh, for the people that ain't jumping in, we know that they're government officials that are just getting paid overtime to hang out in D.C., watching different things on the Internet and get all upset about whatever they hear. Otherwise, um, yeah, we will wrap this one up. We'll get back to work over here. Ruger was probably my favorite gun maker, judging by the number of their guns I bought. Yeah, well, they've got uh, a hand in the shotgun market and in the revolver market and in the pistol market and in the rifle market and in the specialty gun market and in the collectible gun market and in the practical gun market. What they don't have their hand, well, they have their hands in the CCW market. What am I saying? They have it in every market. So it's not difficult to have a lot of Rugers. Does that make them good? Eh, they're not bad. Are they? They're like the Sears craftsmen. So. You know, there's bad ones. There's some good ones. There's some really good ones. There's some great values. There's some bad ones. You know, some ones you want to stay away from. They're available in a lot of places. There's only a couple of places that don't have Sears, at least back in the day. And then they had their tower, and they think their tower is so good. Then they sold their tower, and then it's not so good. How long does it take somebody to climb up the size of the Sears tower with suction cups or just on the outside? Quickly, quickly. Anyone? Everyone gets one answer. It's a known number. It's a number of minutes or hours i guess you could say also but it's easier to say it in minutes how long does it take 
for a regular person who feels like it to climb upside out, climb up the outside of the Sears Tower by the windows, not inside on the elevator, which takes a while, even though it's a long way up. How many minutes does it take to climb up the outside of the Sears Tower? Woods is saying 2.5 hours. DJ wrote 42 in there. So I'm wondering if he wrote 42 because of he's trying to steal that number away from uh, Smeggy or not. I don't know if anybody else is going to. Oh, no, he put 13 minutes in there. What's he thinking? You know how many floors that is? Let me go look at how many floors that is. I don't know if they still call it the Sears Tower, but I'm sure it'll tell me. Sears Tower is 108 stories. Come on, man. 1,451 foot skyscraper in Chicago. It was the tallest building on the planet Earth. So this Earth was a chunk of rock flying through the world. If some alien, giant alien, was going to grab the Earth like a lollipop, for 25 years they would have grabbed the Sears Tower for that purpose because it would have been the biggest stick sticking out of the Earth. Um, let's see if it'll tell us on here because I know what the number is, but I'm interested to see if the Wikipedia will tell us. Do 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 climbing do 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 oh uh oh so that guy took forever but I've seen it done in less so enact price is right rules yeah it's the highest without going over it is um 103 flights of stairs well armed said 180 are you saying 180 minutes or 180 hours 103 story staircase if you were to walk it it says it's the world's tallest indoor stair climb a charity event where participants can climb the 103 story staircase fuck that i don't even like climbing up a staircase um only his bare hands in august not gonna tell us that's weak uh, 81 81 well that's a long time ago Well, this is fake then, because it's being fake about it. Lame. They don't even tell you how long he took, so these are fake. Anyway, uh, from what I understand, it takes 45 minutes. 45 minutes. How crazy is that? I guess because they don't have nothing else to do except climb. Although this one thing says that a guy wearing a Spider-Man suit and suction cups... Uh, got up there after seven hours but i'm pretty sure he was farting around he wasn't climbing it as much as he was playing spider-man on the side for a long time and they won't tell you but i'm pretty sure i remember hearing one time that it takes it only took him 45 minutes to climb up the outside of the building which sounds crazy to me crazy you would think it would take forever to climb up whatever many stories what is that again 103 stories you know it's the tallest building in the world it takes 45 minutes to climb up the outside Gunpowder saying 515. I said suction cups. I don't know what he used. You said hours. So, yeah. Well, I think that it's still going to be, I don't know, nobody. Because nobody said that many minutes. Except Will, maybe. 
Oh, no, it's got 180 minutes, yeah. No, no, this is outside of the building. And I think that was a free climb. And I mean, they might have had suction cups or something to hang on to if they needed to, but I'm pretty sure that was just doing one of them deals with chalk and then they stick their hands in the crevices kind of garbage. Um, yeah, it takes forever to climb it, but those people on the outside are, you know, they train, that's all they do is they climb stuff constantly. Anyway, I don't even know if that's trivia, but I'm pretty sure... No, DJ said 42, and then five minutes later, he said 13 minutes. I think he was just saying 42 because of, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide, and he's out Smeggy and Smeggy because Smeggy's not in here. All right, well, so nobody still said anything about a Second Amendment activist, and nobody said nothing about uh, uh, organization. So, oh, you know what we're going to talk about then? Here, I'm only 41 minutes in, so you all owe me. We're going to talk about uh, this new thing that happened I ever learned about yesterday or today. I think, yeah, today. So San Diego gun owners are in California, and they posted somewhere, and it could have been Twitter. It may have been Twitter. Um, what they posted... Trying to figure out why I posted it. They what they posted was an article about a thing that I'd heard reference to a while back. And this is effectively what it is. A video that we're going to have uh next week, uh Thursday. Fame seekers, media coverage of mass killers. So there was an article from a guy who was interviewed by reason and reason is this fake news thing i guess it's like what's the other one uh vice so i think it's like that uh come on man why is it doing this to me all the time at least i'm not screen sharing so i'm going to move over to this one all right i can't tell who the thing is because in the summary, you think it would have the person's name. Okay, Adam Lankford from the Department of Criminology and Criminal Justice, University of Alabama. And this is dated 2018, Sage Publications. So I don't think this is new. I think this might be old. However, um, maybe I'm reading this wrong because it's kind of weird, and I don't know what I'm reading. It's, like, formatted oddly. Uh, but anyhow, I guess it is from 2018. So I'm going to have to double-check, but basically, um, I don't know why they're saying recently. So maybe this guy updated something, and they just linked to this. But I'm going to go through this, because if this is what I'm looking for, maybe this is the old version of what I'm looking for. Uh, I think we're going to find some facts in here or at least some talking points. Is that the way to say it? Like some things that can be used to get people to understand that uh, essentially the, uh, the media is spending more attention on the killings than they do, for example, on wars. Or that they do, for example, on, well, definitely on health care or anything like that. 
unless it's a specific kind of politicalized healthcare that they definitely have an agenda on, right? Oh, for some reason I was thinking this was 20 something pages. That's 14 pages completely. But uh, they're spending more time and attention uh, on murderers than they do in the Super Bowl. And I'm really interested in that. Um, oh, you're saying reason is conservative. I thought reason was anti. The way that they, the, the way that they reported on this, I really thought they were left. I can't tell though. I'm not good at that. So um, the, what I don't like about the reporting at the Reason article is um, the way that they dodge. They go. They started off with something to the effect of everybody blames the gun, everybody blames the police, everybody blames the school security, everybody blames the killer, nobody blames the media. So maybe we should blame the media. That's like their. That's like the beginning of it, and then. Uh, um, you end up with, uh, a conversation that's what, 13 minutes long, but they go to binary, they go to black and white, like, oh, well, you're suggesting that we don't say anything about the news. Like, no, we're suggesting that you pay attention to, you're spending more attention on this than the Super Bowl. Oh, so you don't want us to spend any attention on this? No, you're spending more attention on this on the Super Bowl. You're saying none. There's a range in between there. Pick something, right? Like pick another item in the range that isn't zero, and then you know maybe go from there. But their reporting is effectively, you think there's an issue. You're suggesting we should stifle ourselves we won't stifle ourselves at all. Therefore, we're not going to even contemplate the number of times we talk about something in relation to something else or the influence that the, uh, you know, the perceived focus of this might have on their view. And like they're, they're not willing to take an actual look at themselves in this reporting on reason. And, you know, that could just be, again, like not wanting to take responsibility for something. Uh, Sage publication is just a clearinghouse for peer-reviewed research. I don't know what that means. So it means it's good probably. Um, so what we're looking at is uh, that conversation next Thursday so that that way there's some time for people to check it out. And like I say, there's a 14-page thing that I list linked to that was linked to in the re in the reason thing. And uh, since the reason thing said something to the effect of, and this was dated September 16th, and it said, uh, due to the recent uh, a growing body of research, maybe that sounds like it's recent, and I'm just assuming that, but growing body means, I mean, I would think that means like you know, something's being added to it. Uh, something that's been sitting there for eight, two, four years. Doesn't sound like something that's been adding to, but we'll see if there's other uh, content or not. But the other thing I thought I would do uh, during that live thing, if nobody shows up, would be to uh, go to the Reason video where they research, where they interview the researcher, Adam Lankford, and then... Uh, look at the comments because there's something like a thousand comments and you know when there's a thousand comments They're going to spread the spectrum from you know liking it and not liking it But they're also going to be bringing up all kinds of interesting potentially interesting uh, 
additions to it. Um, and you're going to get like people that have insight and then people that have excuses and justifications and sometimes hearing and seeing some of the things that people use to justify bullshit or excuse garbage uh, can give you some insight as to their position or, you know, something. So whether it's worth something or not, I don't know. We're going to check it out. It'll spend some time next week talking about that. So I figured that's why wouldn't you want things to be peer reviewed? So I don't know what he means by just a clearinghouse for peer reviewed. You would think that's good. Um, but I don't know. So like I say, we'll have a conversation. We'll figure it out. And we'll discover if reason is actually talking about new research or if they're bringing up something from 2018 that uh, is coming from a place that I guess what Woods is saying is that if you need something to look good, you just have it made by this one place. No, he says just a clearinghouse as in like, it's just a place for this to be not like is the reason a link is there where is the reason link here's a link from the reason video you can watch it and this is from the 16th of september so it's fairly recent and then into the description of this video is the link to the place it's a google doc but it's a thing that's from the thing that woods is talking about what is it called sage whatever sage is is uh there's a link to the sage article i can tell you that sage has shitty formatting for sure it's like old-fashioned shitty formatting it's probably some kind of formatting that like libraries make them use or something uh here's what it says in the description of the reason tv uh video uh so yes according to a, okay, are the media making mass shootings worse? Yes, according to a growing body of research, says criminologist Adam Lankford, and then they link to this video. Don McClellan, the mayor of Texas, announced that, okay, then they just say a bunch of the text from here. Uh, these are all legitimate questions, but one question the media rarely ask is this, is the press part of the problem? A growing body of research says yes. They go, this is a learned behavior and the media coverage is leading more people to learn it and to copy it, says University of Alabama criminologist Adam Lankford, who has studied killers for more than a decade. The more victims, uh, the more fame and attention, they are being incentivized by the media coverage to be as you know, to be, give them as much to cover as possible. I don't want to say exactly because this stuff's kind of heinous, but uh, um, yeah, I don't know. So this video is recent. If the data is old, then that's again, is that somebody reaching into a four-year-old pile to stir the pot today? Or are they reaching into a four-year-old pile in order to offer insight from the past? Uh, like I say, we're going to uh, read the comments sometime before then if i can i'll just sneak some time and read it seven it's 14 pages long so it shouldn't take too long to read it then it's read and everyone knows what's up they can listen to it if they want 
And then next Thursday, feel free to recommend who you'd like me to invite. I'll invite some people. And if there's some good suggestions, I'll invite people that are suggested. And then we'll um, have a conversation about the, the concept, about the links and stuff used, if they're debatable or if you know they're, they're not reputable. And then uh, so the legitimacy of the data that was initiated the whole thing. But really, it's the point that I'm trying to get at. It's something that I've heard referenced recently, and I really think it's a element or a tactic or a, a, a vector that we can use. Uh, that can get through to some people when you under when they understand that the Super Bowl is marketing. The Super Bowl gets a lot of attention. They understand the commercials for the Super Bowl. You don't have to explain that to somebody. They understand it. When you talk about the significance of a war, literally a war, then they understand the significance of the coverage of something like a war. And when you can show them through research, you know, disputable or maybe or not right like if you can show them through research and like somebody might say oh there's a margin of error on that research but still there's research there to show that the coverage of things that they have a political interest in having an opinion on and sharing that opinion or forcing that opinion depending on how I say it you know definitely move you know get distributing that opinion uh, those things get a, a, a many fold factor larger coverage and I think we're talking that like Oh, you know, it's just a little bit over the norm. In other words, it's like they're using these as diversions. They're using these to hide behind. They're using these with other intent. And while people may have suspected that or people may suspect that just based on our awareness or perception, it's hard to know. So having some data from someone who's taken the time to figure out how to research this and then compile the data and then evaluate and share the data, um, that's all, you know, part of it. No poll for the next state. Good point. I didn't log over. Is it barbecue's fault? Yeah. Uh, I didn't log into this account and make a poll. So guess what? I'll have to do that at some other point during the week. So stay tuned for that. I got too many other things to do. I'm going to end this show right now because I got other things to do right now. But here's the deal. Uh, you know, we'll do other stuff throughout the week. I've got a show. What is today? On Thursday with Toby, we're going to be talking about Massachusetts gun laws. Tomorrow we'll be doing the game show for people who want to show up and win prizes. It's no big deal. Just winning prizes or whatever. And then uh, Thursday we'll probably also have a daily gun show. So, you know what I'm saying? A lot of shows are dwindling down and ending and not doing anything, you know, just so they don't get any support and they don't feel like they're getting anything out of it. Uh, I just keep doing stuff if I can. So I'll keep doing that. I appreciate the people that do support it. Uh, whoever bought stuff over at the auctions today, much appreciated. If you buy stuff at our gear website store, that's even better. We have a eBay over there, and sometimes people buy stuff there, which is awesome because that stuff, you know, is uh, all used to pay bills. Those bills are used, well, you know, keep us fed and lights on and the different servers and things going. And that's about it. We don't do anything fancy. There's no parties going on. There's no travel. No new toys, nothing like that. If anything, we're selling toys. Every once in a while, we kick out a collector's guide or some sort of a research project in order to try to uh, sell some stuff on the Amazon books. But aside from that, uh, thanks for your support of our efforts towards this stuff. Hopefully, you're uh, experiencing a good uh, year on your side of the internet over there. Thanks to DJ for dropping some links over here, for Wield for jumping in. It's good to see you. Remember the coverage during Bush 
versus Obama. You know, that's a good point. I do not. I never really paid attention to war coverage. I don't like it. Um, I was around for Desert Shield. Well, drug war, Desert Steel Shield, Desert Storm, and everything since. And, you know, being personally involved in Shield and Storm and the drug war and the other stuff, uh, you get a little dissuaded from the coverage, especially media coverage. I tend to go to intel sources for war coverage. I, don't, I think you know what I'm talking about. When you, when you can find places that have real info, uh, you tend not to look at the National Enquirer. And a lot of our stuff is more like National Enquirer in that it's willing and able, able and willing to use their influence to incite and to get people upset because they're short-sighted or not interested in the long term for sure, not in this country. They know they can jump borders and go wherever they need to as a you know, desperate, horrible corporation or whatever they are. So, uh, you know, the news isn't going to really care too much about what resources they squander or waste. But people that are actually interested in educating and informing people, you know, that kind of news I dig. But that's a good point. I do not remember the coverage of the war during the Bush administration. Um, I can barely remember first Bush. Uh, what's his face? Clinton. That was more my style or my time. Uh, are the pumpkin head guys coming back? In fact, yeah, hold on. Let me go grab them. I printed out a bunch because you had mentioned something. So let me go grab those. I'll be right back. Unlike uh, Matt's chat, where he just plays with dolls with no ASMR, this chat has a bunch of ASMR when we're going to play with little dolls. So let's go into my toy room full of little dolls and things. Hold on. Just like Matt's toy room of dolls, except that instead of buying all my dolls like a sucker, I build all our dolls out of technology and robots. So, oh, is this a bunch of giant bayonets that I've been making? What? So this is using Foss's Changey Color Tutti Frutti blend. And then taking one of the bayonet models, and making it way bigger. And this is what it's like to try to break it out of here without using pliers, which may or may not be dangerous. Oh, no. It was perfect. So uh, see how that comes out? Here's all the fluff. If you can come up with a good use of what to do with this, let me know. I feel like a chump throwing this away. The robot took some time making it use it for something but uh here's the bayonet so now you got yourself a uh, golden bayonet i made two of them this is out of the same tutti frutti material that'll change color i was thinking it was turning brown they must be different colors from each other but you know i don't know somebody may or may not want giant golden bayonets whatever so here there's some giant golden bayonets don't let them distract you then we got all these little dudes so Turns out when you make them out of this black material and you try to print them different, they get goofy arms. So this guy's got a really goofy arm. And I don't know how I did it, 
tiny little gun. So I don't know how that happened. So there's a weird half of one. I don't know what to say. This one was my radio guy. So instead, I put a pumpkin up to his ear. So he's a radio guy with a pumpkin head with a pumpkin up to his ear instead of a radio. And he's otherwise, he's the radio guy. I made these guys 70 centimeters tall. So last year, I made them smaller than that. I don't know if I should have made them smaller. But uh, this is the pumpkin head guy with a standard AK, kind of Russian, rushing forward. It's not actually Russian. I don't know what country pumpkin head dudes are from. So I made them all in black this time, uh, mainly because the black is what was in there. I don't know if I like them out of black. You can't really see the details. I think I prefer them out of gray, but I don't have any gray. So this is another guy with an AK, and he's kind of sauntering and walking. He's a skinnier dude, still has a pumpkin head. You know, same height, though. These are all the same height. Then you got another version of the guy walking with an AK, pumpkin head and whatnot. These will pretty much stand up on their own like an army dude. This one will definitely stand up, but another casualty of something happened and they're not printing right and their arms don't print. So they're basically just dudes squatting down with no arms. It's kind of gross. There's three of them. So I definitely verified that they don't print three times. And then uh, that's the problem with printing a bunch before I rip the stuff off is whenever I printed a bunch, I was going to do it. Did I do that live? I don't remember. I might've done that live while I was listening to something, probably a podcast and they all, failed so i ended up having three failures so it looks like i've got two of the guys rushing forward two of the guys the skinnier guys just hanging out and two of the i would call them the radio guy but i also have another one and that would be the hand grenade guy i just didn't print them i guess the problem is i don't remember which ones are named which i changed them around a little bit this year and have them on a different sd card so I obviously have to reprint this one and then figure out what the name is of the other one that I didn't print. The other guy kind of looks like this guy, but he's winging a hand grenade or a pumpkin like a hand grenade. And then on him, there's a whole bunch of other hand grenades, like if he was, or I mean, other pumpkins, like if he had a bandolier of hand grenades. So I've got uh, two AK guys, two, one guy winging a pumpkin like a hand grenade, another guy holding onto a pumpkin like a radio, and whenever this guy works, it'll be a guy crouched down with the AK, but in a low ready. So kind of like a sentry. Um, the idea was to, I have to make a better base for these because you can tell these don't stand as good. The weight is off on them. These ones with the big giant base work better. My software died though. So I have to figure out the new software. All I can really do is take my old models and reproduce them. And as you can tell, I didn't know what I was doing. So... I'm having issues right there. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that's the answer, long answer to did I get the dudes? Yeah, I did. So I printed off this many of them. Um, I'll put them on the store probably, but I'll just send you a set. If um, uh, Is it the same address as before? I don't know if I always have everybody dressed. So feel free to send me your address or whatever, but I'll send you a couple. I don't know what you plan on doing. If you're planning on painting them, then I'll definitely just send you some because I'd like to see a couple painted because I think they'll like if I'm going to sell something like this on Etsy, I think having a painted one as a picture will look better, right? Like people will go, oh, okay, I see what you're supposed to be doing with that. Otherwise, it'll just look like a, a weird army man that costs way too much money. Uh, is that a buck bayonet? No, these are, uh, well, it's supposed to be an AKM type two, but you know, it's not 100% perfect in its thickness, but I still like it. So I just kept printing them bigger and bigger.
I really wanted to see they print like this if it'll stand I don't know really but you saw how the material was in there they print like this with all that material around them so they don't fall over and that's about as high as I can get out of the machine I was really surprised I really thought that after this one printed that all the gold would get used up by about here and I was hoping to get like a brown bayonet with a gold handle but obviously it does not use much material because well it hasn't turned brown yet and to me it looks like stuff is already brown so I don't know it'll maybe I'll get another one you know with some gold in it and then it'll turn brown and then I'll probably get two brown ones out of it at this rate and then I can't tell what the other color is behind the brown but there, there's a, there's still more color on that roll. This is that tutti frutti material. Yeah, that's the story of the pumpkin headed guys. Uh, thanks again. I'll click this off so I, this is actually all right in my face when I do this. So I'm turning all this off so I can get this out of my face. Uh, they're not on the website yet, but I'll be putting them up there. I wasn't sure if I could sell this stuff because of the way the 3D printing works, but now that I know a little bit more about it, uh, I can sell these. I'm not trying to sell you that I created the pumpkin or that I created anything. But what I did do is print out this plastic into this shape. And that's what I'll sell. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm not selling you the concept of a pumpkin-headed soldier. But I can print out pumpkin-headed soldiers and sell you, you know, that time and plastic. And that's what I'll do. So, if anybody's got a good idea what these things would be worth, I don't know. You know, I don't really, for Patreons and stuff, you can have them. For uh, you know, friends of the channel, of course, you can have them. But uh, I should charge something to the store. I just don't know what. I'll probably look around Etsy and get an idea. They're kind of... I was thinking they might be interesting for like game pieces because of the Halloween. A lot of people uh, celebrate the Halloween. And they also play games. So maybe these would be interesting for game of players. Uh, once I get my software working, you know, these will just be the tip of the iceberg. I really want to get back once I, because now I know the software. Well, I used to know the software a lot better. And these are some of the first things I even did. So I was hoping to get back in this time around or like go around and do some of the stuff. I made like a pumpkin with, uh, I took a, uh, what's that thing called? I took a Claymore mine, front of a Claymore mine, and I put it around a pumpkin and then, you know, so it looked like a pumpkin with three Claymore mines on it. You know, because why not? Nobody's done that before. But uh, I'll print some more of those out and have those on the store too. But, you know, I've been playing around with stuff like that. And then, uh, anyway, like I say, my software is dead. So I have to uh, figure out how. To, I think I watched a video as I was doing some stuff last night uh, that gave me a better idea how to use the free software I'm using now. But my first run through the free software was pretty rough. Think he's saying I should charge eleven ninety nine for him. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. I will. Uh, I guess this is the last show of the night. Uh, if anybody wants an after chat, let me know. I don't know how long I'll be up, but uh, I've got some work to do here. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but uh, depending on how many people jump in, I really probably you know I can definitely host an after chat. I just don't know if I can maintain the conversation. I got to go concentrate on some editing here in a second. Oh, who was I asking about an address? Oh, Weald, because Weald was asking me about the pumpkin-headed dudes, so I printed them out for him, really, or he gave me the idea to print them out again. 
Now I do have a bunch from last year and I stuck them in a drawer or a box. I'm pretty sure because they're super fragile. I just have no idea which box or drawer I put them in. I have a lot of drawers because of eBay. So I went through and I reorganized stuff and yeah, I really can't remember. I may have shoved some of the pumpkin headed dudes that I painted into some drawer. And if I did, I'm going to put those on eBay or somewhere if they'll sell. Uh, otherwise, uh, you won't see those this year, but I just I just don't know where they are to grab them. But if I find them, I'm definitely putting them on eBay. And I do plan to spend Thursday for stuff on eBay again, making sure my stuff is current on eBay. If you're interested in buying garbage, I got a lot of garbage on eBay. I'm an idiot, and I buy stuff when I see it on clearance places. So there's all kinds of weird garage sale stuff over there. Uh, you never know. Uh, and if you like know people who like dumb things that you know somebody bought on clearance and is available on eBay, go look, check it out. And uh, you might they might be just our customers. Uh, let's see. Otherwise, there's stuff from thrift shops and places that we've uh, you know been. Maybe a gun shop. Every once in a while, I put something from a gun shop up there. Sort of like going into a gun show, except the bad part of the gun show that really doesn't have that much gun stuff because it's eBay. Oh, and then there's a bunch of holsters eventually coming up there. So I might be able to do that this Thursday. I have a bunch of stuff that's in a drawer that's kind of st staged to get on eBay. And it was like holsters and things from the, from like accessories from guns that I think will fit on eBay. Some, some ex extensions and things. All right. Well, now we're just kind of wandering. But again, thanks everybody for joining in. We will be back to pick you up later i can't remember which one i started with so we're start, we're ending with this one a couple of people have bought shirts so thanks for that that's like five bucks every time you buy a shirt hey did you know that you usually when i click on the button hey did you know that you could help support our future projects and let everyone know you're a fan of what we do check out our print on demand store we have a tab here on youtube when you click on it you can choose from a bunch of different items we have shirts and posters and coffee mugs click on the one you like when you find the design you want to put on it choose a color and a size if it's appropriate and when you purchase these items a portion goes to help fund our future projects we really do appreciate your support you get some cool stuff when you get that stuff, post pictures here and on other platforms, and we'll hook you up next time you order from our gear website store. Thank you for your support of gunwebsites.com. gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com.